Hey guys, quick warning before we start the show, we're going to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, if you haven't seen this movie yet, it, this episode is going to be chock full of spoilers. Come back to it when you've actually seen the movie. We take no fault in spoiling any part of this from here out. Thanks. Do that. Eddie? Yes. This podcast is not going to go how you think it is. No. I think that's fair to say. Um, we welcome everybody. We are, of course, uh, going to be talking about The Last Jedi. This is going to be a special episode, uh, more special than all the rest of our episodes, which we just usually kind of have to put a helmet on, but like the good special. Is we, don't, we don't have a roundtable this time. It's just the two of us. We don't. Unfortunately, um, forces conspired against us, so yeah. I didn't invite anybody either. That's that 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 I was just gonna leave it with a vague forces conspired against us. It I seemed mean, like on the nose for Star Wars. So. Bryce has a full time job and he works during the week. Um, Sam also works, but he works for a college and probably isn't doing anything right now. And I just you know didn't <laughs> he let him probably know, could. So. We were just sitting over here like yeah, yeah. fuck it. Um, anyhow, if you're listening, Sam. Um, oh, and Bailey, happy birthday! Yeah, happy birthday! Yeah, so um, let's 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 get in there. Uh, um, so I, I think this the the movie uh, Star Wars: The Force. Uh, no, 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 sorry, the the Last Jedi. I think the subheading subheading on this was like a colon uh, fuck your fan theories. And you're like, uh, yeah, okay. So here's the thing. Uh, we should preface this. Um, we have feelings about this. Most of them overall are actually positive. Um, this is not going to be uh, something where we sit down and, and absolutely shit all over everything this movie did. We are going to shit on some moments of it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I really did like this movie. And I think that especially assuming episode nine happens a little bit the way I think it's going to, which at this point is pretty up in the air. I think it's going to probably be a very, very good arc for the trilogy to go in. Um, but I don't know. I've been wrong before. Uh, but any, anyway, I still like this movie, even, even without that, even if episode nine does something completely different from what I'm, from what I'm expecting, which this movie certainly did, uh, I think I'll still really enjoy it. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Fan theories. Let's talk about that. Um, one of the prevalent fan theories was that Kylo Ren and Ray were going to switch roles. Um, you know, by the time this was over, especially after that trailer hit, that was a huge thing that I heard from a lot of people. They're like, oh, well, they're totally setting this up. It's going to be a double switch. Yeah. Um, not so much the case. Um, and I knew that wasn't going to happen from the beginning. Um, strictly from a merchandising standpoint, that would be a nightmare for Disney. I never so. had one second of, uh, um, hesitation in saying that was not going to happen. Um, you just don't go from like, I killed Han Solo to I'm the good guy. And, and like, I, I save, you know, like they're just very much like, ah, lots of people are on board with that. Han told him to kind of a thing on the bridge and all that bullshit. kind of stuff. It is yeah. bullshit. Um, I like, the thing is, is Disney took a lot of shit for not including Ray in some of their earlier uh, merchandising things with The Force Awakens, um, and then she turned out to be like the standout hero of the movie. Because um, she is. Because yeah. she is. And um, so, like I said, from a merchandising standpoint, like they're not going to go heel turn with Ray because they're they, you automatically sell less toys that way. No, uh, they're they're not going to go heel turn, and it honestly it wouldn't make a whole lot of story sense. And and if you've you know watched a Star Wars movie at all, although I will say this movie subverts a lot of Star Wars tropes, um, that that's just too big a one to switch uh, at this late in the game. So, um, so I guess let's let's start off pretty basic. Um, the movie, uh, you know, the basic setup for the movie is is slow chase in, in space and, you know, our heroes have to do something about that. Yeah. Um. So there's. Uh, all right. So I'm confused about a little bit of uh, of stuff here, like from it. OK, so it seems like it picks up right where Force Awakens left off. But then, like, if you read the crawl, like the crawl talks about how, like, the Republic's just done now. Yeah, pretty much. 
But in The Force Awakens, there was a Republic. I mean, maybe they destroyed it with the Starkiller base. I don't know. I think that was maybe the idea there. But, like, now it's just like, oh, now there's just a rebel band. And Yeah, so I guess that actually kind of forms one of my first criticisms of the movie is there's a lot of, like, exercises for the reader here or the watcher, as it were. Like, there's a lot of things in this movie that you're just expected to basically know or figure out in some manner or another. And it's not entirely clear some ways in which that happened. And so that's kind of one of them. We're expected, you know, like, we go from The uh, the Force Awakens. And don't get me wrong, um, Starkiller Base was a pretty cataclysmic event for the Republic. But it's like, doesn't the Republic span the galaxy? Like, they, they blew up, like, six planets or something like it that. It is a which, Republic. Don't get me wrong. That's fucked up. But, like... um you know, like if you just picture the United States, if, if you blew up six states, it wouldn't be like, oh, fuck that. We're done now. Uh, you know, yeah. we're out. Uh, if anything, that would galvanize the, the, the states and we would, you know, just wreck your shit even harder. I mean, if you could destroy a galactic republic by destroying one planet, I think yeah. the rebels could have destroyed Coruscant years and years ago and been like, oh, look, we won. Game over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that, that was a little confusing to me. Um. And it also, but, but it does also seem like it does pick up right away because I mean, of course, when we get the first Ray and Luke scene, when, um, you know, she's passing off the lightsaber sort of thing, uh, it does look like that picks up right away. Although, um, I'm not entirely sure if it's the same with the, um, who knows, maybe she showed up to that same spot every day for like a month and offered it to him. And finally <laughs> he just took it and threw it over her shoulder. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that's that's the first thing. Uh, th- this is actually an interesting way to start the trilogy because there was a lot of things that I predicted happening there, and that one wasn't really one of them. It, that took me a little bit off guard, um, but I also love that scene. Like that, that's one of my favorite scenes because it gives you an idea of like where Luke's state of mind is right now. I um, guess, I guess, yeah. I, I I didn't know where Luke's state of mind was other than he was kind of a hermit. Um, well, like, and and then like I kind of my my theory on that one was that he was going to be like, well, that's yours now, keep it. Yeah. Instead, he was just like. Yeah. It's like, I don't know where you're giving me this, but who the fuck cares? Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that kind of gives us a little bit of an idea of where Luke is at right now, which is to say that he is not anywhere and he's really pissed off to be bothered and he knows that shit's going wrong, but he's like, no, I'm, I'm out here now. Like, I don't do that anymore. Um, so that, that whole aspect of things I thought was kind of interesting. And that's actually one of the controversies surrounding the movie is like Luke's characterization in this. Well, um, Hamill himself was outspoken toward Ryan Johnson about not liking the direction of the character. And I kind of understand where that came from, because it really seems like this Luke is like, well, I tried something one time and it failed, so I'm done now. Yeah. Um, the characterization here is iffy to me, because on the one hand, whiny Luke that gives up easy uh, um, is a little bit of a, you know, original trilogy Luke. Um, yeah. Although that's not even fair, because like. He does like by the end of the trilogy, you know, becomes a badass and that's through perseverance and stuff like that. Um, but l- like that hot headedness that like, uh, it was very much Empire and Yoda's hut and him being all frustrated. He's like, Oh, we're never going to get out of here. Like yeah. kind of a thing. And that is why you fail. Yeah. So yeah. that, that aspect I like. But on the other hand, like, I don't think when we leave Return of the Jedi, I don't think that's the same Luke we've got. Um, that Luke is patient, like setting up the whole, um, Jabba's palace thing and all of that, like that, that is a much more calm, patient Luke. And so this one, I think, I, I do think the characterization here for Luke is a little bit off. Um, especially because, um, the main thing, and I guess, I don't know if I want to jump into it right now, but the main, the main, you know, sort of MacGuffin for this movie is that moment of hesitation where he wants to kill, you know, baby Kylo. And, um, I just don't buy that. That's the move I don't buy from Luke at all because he never wavers for a second on fucking, uh, um, uh, 
Vader, even after Vader's cut off his hand, he never wavers. Uh, this one is like, oh, I got a premonition about, you know, some possible darkness, not the actual fucking, you know, killing, choking, uh, cutting people's hands off darkness. Yeah. But like, I got a premonition. So, you know, I'm going to cut that off right now. That's that's probably the only moment where I was like, from I mean, a story point, I like this, but from a like, a, I've seen this character before. I don't, I didn't like that. I part. mean, they do kind of write into that though, where he's just like, well, I didn't want another Vader, and I was going to stop it if I could, kind of a thing. And I, and I, I, get, I get it. Yeah, but, see, but I think that's mischaracterized because I think if he was going to stop it, the way he would do it is by um, the same way he he turned Vader. Like, right? He he would have just he wouldn't have given up. I don't think Luke would have given up on the good. Well, I mean, in one Kylo. was his dad, though. The other one's like literally just his nephew. So you know. It's like, yeah, I don't even like this kid. Uh, he keeps stealing my gummy bears or whatever, so uh, that's why he's he's done for. Yeah, he used to fucking zip tie Chewie's hair to the to the seat of the Falcon <laughs> and shit. Like, uh, you think he stole his like weird blue titty milk? I mean, it was green, right? Green. Oh yeah, yeah. It, sure. This this was green titty milk. Yeah, that that was that was a fucking scene too. That was one of those where I was like. What the hell am I even watching? Like, who greenlit that shit? Yeah, I thought that was weird. That, yeah. was, that was definitely strange for me. Actually, just the creatures there in general being there were kind of strange. Although I did kind of, I didn't mind the creatures, but that scene it, in particular, it, I was like, what the fuck? It kind of, it kind of set up, it kind of set up Ray as a, a bumbling idiot. Yeah, through a, a good portion of it, like, like Jack Tripper all of a sudden figured out how to be a Jedi. <laughs> um, yeah, th- those were funny scenes though. Like I, I liked it overall. Like when she's like fucking around and she slices off the rock or whatever, and it falls and breaks the cart. Yeah, and, and it, it's like, oh yeah, they they don't like you. <laughs> it, it's also telling the, of the first ten minutes of the movie that we actually didn't talk about it at all. Yeah, the bombing scene, the bomb, the bombers. Yeah, which actually was kind of badass because we did get to see an A wing. I did. Okay, I sort of quasi like the A wing or the bomber scene because on the one hand, I was like, well, bombs in space that way don't work. Uh, that's not a thing. Um, you know, <laughs> they, they would actually have to be propelled out because yeah. there's no gravity. I, I was like, you can't just drop them. That that's not how that goes. Uh, so uh, whatever. Um, but on the other hand, I really like that scene, like the the thing where she's kicking the ladder trying to get the the remote to fall down. I thought that was a really really great scene. And I also like that it kind of sets up um, the Rose character. The Rose character was okay, but I like that it sets up uh, fucking what's his face, uh, Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. I like that how it sets his character up for like the arc. Um, that, that he's going to kind of experience through the movie. Um, I thought that was a fairly good way to do it and fairly in line with what we've seen with Force Awakens as far as Poe is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that I, th- I thought was pretty good, um, even though I was like, you can't drop bombs in space like that. That's so stupid. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you know, um, I did. Yeah. No, I did kind of enjoy it. Um, aspects of it. And then uh, Finn, of course, wakes up. That part was weird to me, too, because he's just wandering around squirting back to fluid everywhere. <laughs> and that was funny. I, li- uh, I, I, I got to imagine somebody would have stopped him before he got up to the flight deck. I, I kind of think so, because like he's he, it's not like he just gets up and he's like, uh, you know, like wanders into the first person and, like, and that's Poe Dameron. It's like he's just fucking walking around all the ship. Nobody's like, hey, dude, uh, why don't you just chill for a second and You're we'll get you a change of clothes? Me, bro. Yeah, why don't we? Why don't we get you a change of clothes? Like he's walking through like the personnel the halls and stuff like that, and they're just like, oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. it's totally normal. Um, yeah, so that was weird. Uh, then we then we go to the island with Luke. Or no, no, we were we dealt with some Hux stuff. Yeah. So because Hux disappointed Snoke. Yeah. And then for some reason he was like, no, no, we've got him on a thread, and Snoke was like, oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, good job. Yeah, that was really <laughs> funny. Um, 
but I, I, it also kind of sets up Snoke a little bit because that kind of level of that level of power is not something I think we've seen. Like being able to literally puppet somebody around from halfway across the galaxy um, isn't something we've seen on the screen so far. I don't think it's unprecedented in, in expanded canon, but uh, since all of that basically doesn't exist anymore, right. yeah. Um, um, I did think it was funny how he was basically treating Kyle like a little bitch during that scene too. Oh yeah, shocked the shit out of him. Like he's like, no, boom, and you know. That yeah, was, that was that was kind of silly, um, but funny. Uh, I I don't know. The Snoke character to me got a little bit uh, a little bit more fleshed out. Um, he actually had enough dialogue that I could really tell it was it was uh, Andy Circus. Yeah, I like that. Um, I actually like Snoke in this too because um, it kind of there there was both the thing I loved and I hated is we get to see exactly how powerful he is. Like, I think without a doubt, he's probably the most powerful dark side user we've seen on the screen. Um, that's the thing I want to come back to in a second too, just power levels and training and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. with this trilogy, but he's without a doubt, the most powerful dark side user we've seen on the screen. So, um, you know, his, his sort of arc in the movie is kind of even more satisfying, uh, um, for lots of reasons. Like he's basically brought down by hu- hubris, uh, hubris rather, um, so I thought that was, that was kind of a good way to show that. Cause I mean, he's just basically making everybody his bitch up until that point. So, yeah. Um, I thought Ray's journey on the Island, uh, kind of paralleled looks a little bit in that, like she got the force vision a little bit and then, um, she was like, well, here's the deal. I got to go talk to Kylo. Cause I think I can turn him and yeah. like, looks like, no, you can't leave. Like this isn't going to happen. How do you think it's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like that whole thing. And then she's like, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you you just like transpose that with Luke and and Yoda, and still she's just like, ah, eh, it's fine. Only she didn't have to like raise her X wing out of a swamp or anything. She was like, all right, Chewie, load up, let's go. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna take off now. Um, okay, so I guess that's as good a time as any. Why why can she do that? Well, because she doesn't have to show any sort of training or aptitude in this. In fact, uh, she basically gets all of her training in like one fail swoop. Uh, where they're doing like the rock levitating thing, which is also a funny scene. It's like, uh, reach out, and she's like, Wah, and she's like do you feel that and she's tickling or luke's tickling her with the feather that was a really that was a really funny scene that's a really reminiscent to me of like the whole uh yoda luke relationship too like that's something i could see yoda pulling on luke yeah Um, so i enjoyed that scene but on the other hand okay so let's talk about force powers for a second like this um because that's what i'm thinking about uh this is one of the aspects of the movies so far that I'm not super excited about. Like the one hand, um, having Ray be a nobody is an interesting way to go that I'm okay with. On, if that is in fact the case. If that is in fact the case, which we're going to come back to. But that does throw a big wrench in one of the things that, in, in something. And it's one of the things that kind of bothers me. She's like a fucking savant. Like if she's a nobody, how does she master the force and with like, with no training without really even trying? Like she's just like, um, she's literally like a savant. Like you, you hear a Beethoven piece one time and you can play the whole thing front to back. And it's kind of the same thing with her. She, like she sees somebody do a Jedi mind trick and she's like, Oh, I bet I could do that. And then she just does it. Same thing. Like here, like, uh, lifting rocks, no big deal. Uh, I've done that one time. So I guess now I can, you know, do one of the biggest, you know, feats of force use that we've you know seen on screen. Well, Luke did tell her he was going to give her three lessons and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first lesson that he really gave her was the whole lesson about like what the force is and, and like being able to, to sense it and feel it and things like that. So, I mean, I think, um, I like that. I mean, it's like you ride a bike, like you're not 
fallen down a hundred times. Like once you figure out how to actually ride the bike and pedal and make the wheels go, like you might fall down a couple times after that, but pretty much you got it. So yeah, it's just so far, um, what we've seen, like even like parallel that to Luke's training and like the frustrations and stuff like that he had through the training. And like, that doesn't really happen to Ray. Like, I mean, she did have, uh, uh, uh well, it did. It did kind of happen to Luke. Like we never actually saw Luke's training. Like we saw him, on Dagobah, carrying Yoda around, and he left, and then Vader fucked him up, and then the next time we see him, he's in Jabba's palace, and all of a sudden, he's a fucking Jedi Knight. So, well, we did and we didn't. So, like on the one hand, like we saw his training, like there definitely was like that sort of quasi training montage, which was actually even with a little bit of a time skip. Like, you need a montage, yeah. Um, so they have like that training montage with with Luke in in uh, Empire, of course, and um. Montage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Even when he can't pick up his own X-wing, like he's still, you know, we got some some proficiency with the Force, and we never really get that with Ray. Ray just like just does everything intuitively, and so that's kind of one interesting thing, uh, you know, especially when she's like fighting with Kylo Ren versus the fucking red dudes. Uh, it was like, okay, she should not know how to do this, like swinging around a lightsaber with like no you know training practice or form of, of any sort should not allow her to you know like take down these guys who are designed to um, bring down force users okay you know? but they're but the whole thing like she knows how to use the staff and she she survived on jakku yeah as a scavenger and she had to fight off other scavengers and shit like that i'm assuming like that's not the first time she's been in a oh scrap yeah don't before. get me wrong i i know she's probably a scrapper that's fine it's just like the lightsaber i think thing should i think be a little bit different should be a little bit more if, if, if anything the lightsaber has no weight other than the handle and that's something you'd have to get used to quite a bit that and the fact that like you know when you swing a staff and you bump it up against your left arm your left arm doesn't get fucking cut off right uh so there, there's aspects of that 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 kind of bother me and just like being able to you know the, the, the I'm not gonna lie. Which, I'm not gonna hate on that scene in any way, shape, or form. Oh, no, I because it was scene. so fucking badass. That scene was amazing, and we'll, we'll come back to that. I just, in general, the way that they're showing the Force in this trilogy so far is much more powerful than basically anything we've seen on screen so far from pretty much all of our characters. Um, which again, you you can show different Force powers, and that doesn't bother me so much. It, it's just the power levels and the the complete lack of training, and all of a sudden this kid can just swing the broom over. Uh, th- that's an interesting thing to me because like previously those were all things that required training and, 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 you know, practice to do. I think it was here. It's just like uh, everybody's a savant and everybody just figures it out. I think this is kind of their way of acknowledging some of the expanded universe stuff because there was a lot more force users out there once, uh, the emperor was defeated and whatnot. And some of them were relatively adept at using their abilities even before they had any formal training. So I do think that's going to be the thing. In fact, this movie all, all but comes out and, you know, prints a message. It's like, the Jedi and the Sith aren't the only Force users. Uh, and, and, you know, you shouldn't even consider the Jedi to be the ultimate good and the Sith to be the ultimate bad because really the Jedi fucked up a lot. Like, uh, I did, I did wholly like that aspect of it because, uh, when, when we were bullshitting before the movie with, uh, the guy, the guys I was hanging out at the time with, um, one of the things I was saying is like, if you really stop and think about it, the Jedi fucked up pretty much constantly. And like that, that, uh, you know, one of my fan theories about this movie is that maybe this is truly the, the end of the Jedi order, or at least the Jedi order as we know it, because the Jedi order is responsible for a lot of chaos and shit in the galaxy that just wouldn't have happened if they wouldn't have been so, you know, uh, really kind of moronic in a lot of ways. Right. And that's, that's one of the reasons why, you know, when we were talking before the show, I talked about how, like, it's almost guaranteed that we're going to see the Force Ghost of Luke, uh, in episode nine. One of those reasons is because, um, the old Jedi texts were burnt by, you know, fucking Yoda of all people. They weren't, though. 
they sta- they were stashing the Millennium Falcon. Like that was another troll on Yoda's part a little bit because she's like she's got all she needs. And then there was actually a scene where it flits to the the, the Falcon and the Jedi texter in the Falcon. Like I, I can't remember who was digging in a drawer or something like that, but somebody was digging in a drawer and the texts were actually in there. Were the, was that the books? Positive, yeah. Positive because uh, I I thought that was what I was seeing when I was watching it, but then I went and actually saw it on the um. I, I, somebody else mentioned it on a thread somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I might have to. Uh, well, I'll go see it again. I'm gonna probably go see it again in a day or two. Yeah. So. Let's be honest. We're we're both gonna probably go see it again. Um. I almost went and saw it today, but I didn't. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. Like, even Yoda acknowledged that what was in those books wasn't necessarily necessary for for Jedi to to be around again. Because he was like, look, there's a lot of shit in there. Sure, but. Well, see, that's a, that's the thing that I really enjoyed about this. So, like, Yoda showing up was a lot of fun because he's immediately back to original trilogy trolley Yoda that's kind of fucking with Luke still. And you can immediately see that, like, old relationship between Luke and Yoda. Like, I, I loved very much how, like, they managed to capture the relationship between Yoda and Luke at Master-Student immediately, especially in... Sorry, Eddie robbed a liquor store right before he showed up. So I did, I, but you know I haven't really broken into it yet. That's why my speech is still semi yeah. not slurred. Um, yeah, I, dude, I'm going to tell you right now. I was 85 percent certain that we were going to see a Ewan McGregor Force Ghost. I thought we might too, and I'm really glad we didn't actually. So that that I, I don't know. Um, I, I dude, I think they could have done it, and I think if they'd have been like, if he was like Ben. <laughs> and he was like what i wasn't always old <laughs> that would have been fun uh, actually but yeah i like i like that that scene they sort of immediately captured that master student relationship that they had in the original trilogy yeah. like how quickly they got to that was pretty amazing to me um, well and it just goes to show that even though yoda's been gone a while like he's never stopped like luke has never stopped being his student yeah exactly and, and then i also liked that um Yoda, you know, was kind of trolling Luke when he's like, oh, yeah, just stupid books. We don't need them. And then it turns out the books were in the Falcon and it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that 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 whole scene, like having Yoda back, having Muppet Yoda back especially was a big thing. Um, but having them sort of get the characterization right from the original trilogy, because we actually see a fairly significantly different Yoda in the prequel trilogy, um, the, the trilogy, which should not be named. Um, in, in I think that's another acknowledgement that they're just gonna fucking ignore those movies like i haven't i still we we get very very little tiny minor references i'm I'm gonna say this there was some of the comedic aspects of episode eight that really rang there or smacked of oh for sure stupid shit that didn't need to be in there um and i'm not necessarily talking about even the prequel trilogy but like some of the stuff that was added in and the special editions with like robots just fucking hitting each other for no reason and shit. Yeah, be honest. When when they first get to the planet and they go down to the track, did you expect to see pod racers? No, I did. I actually didn't. Um, the whole thing with the casino and the money though, and the fucking dude that just kept shoving money at BB-8, and then all of a sudden BB-8 has a money cannon. Yeah, that was a that was a little slapsticky, and I I, I, I wasn't sure. On rewatch, I don't think I like that. Watching it the first time, I was like, well, all right, that's fine. But um, and then and then like. What oh, about that was uh, what, that what was about, Hamill, by the way? The little dude shoving money in. BB-8. Oh, was that Hamill? That was Hamill. Yeah. What about the uh, uh, BB nine E? BB nine E was the evil BB eight. That was that the 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 black droid. Yeah. Doll? Yeah. Um, so, so that just reminded me of like the kid that um the 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 other baby in the Simpsons that's that's uh, uh Maggie's nemesis for oh, no reason the, whatsoever with the giant eyebrow. Yeah. 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 Um. 
And then nothing Honestly, came I was of like, it. the good guy's white and the bad guy's black. I was like, that's a little fucking on the nose, don't we think? Yeah. It's like, y'all motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, there was a little bit of that, although I, that was sort of classic empire style droid. Like it reminded me a lot of the, uh, torture droid and, uh, some of the shit you see floating around the, you know, yeah. stars or whatever. Uh, first order still does not believe in railings around pits. So, I mean, no, they, they still have no space OSHA. Like, uh, they're fine. Just, I guess they, they've got like space. They dissolve Darwinism. OSHA. Yeah. I, I, I have to assume that they're like, uh, Darwinism is like a thing that they acknowledge and they're just like, well, anybody that fucking falls over deserves it and that'll help us all out. So. Um, but yeah, no railings. Uh, yeah, Casino Planet bothered me a lot. Um, I, oh, I understand man. why it was there. They, um, they had to introduce a new character, um, in the form of Benicio del Toro. So when you stop, okay, actually, this is going to be probably my main criticism or my biggest criticism of the movie. Uh, the, although there's other things I didn't like, this whole sequence was just completely and entirely unnecessary. Like, it felt like they were like, um, they wrote a movie and they were like, hey, did you guys notice we didn't put Finn in this thing at all? Uh, He's, he's not there. We, we got to give him something to do. And so they came up with this and they were like, uh, I don't know. Fuck. Uh, Benicio del Toro wants to be in this thing. Let's get him too. Um, and, and Benicio del Toro pretty much plays, you know, a, 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 every second he's on screen, it's just like, oh, that's Benicio. You know, like he's very distracting, I think, because he's sort of got his like, it's like Johnny Depp sort of like Johnny Depp shows up on screen. And I mean, he like, wasn't oh, painted up like Depp the collector, but Johnny Depp shit. Um, but, but that was immediately kind of like my thought was like, oh, that's, I don't know what the, the the purpose of this character is. And then, you know, um, it turns out the whole thing is just like, I don't know. It, it, it's like the most elaborate setup for a duel between Finn and Phasma that yeah. I've ever seen. Here's what I would have done. If this were me, I would have used this as an opportunity to bring somebody back into canon in the form of one Talon card hmm. from the, the Thrawn trilogy. Because they're already acknowledging that Thrawn is canon again because he's been in, what, Rebels or something like that? Yeah, he was in Rebels. So, like, if you're acknowledging part of that trilogy, like, you could bring that character in. um, And he might not be the Codebreaker or, as I like to call them, Slicer, because that's what they were called. Yeah, I mean. uh, Back in the day. The whole whole sequence, I thought, was unnecessary. Like, Benicio didn't really add anything to the movie. Um, The whole Canto Bite thing, the whole, you know, that whole subplot was just kind of unnecessary, I thought, from the the movie standpoint. And it turns out to be completely unnecessary because it it literally accomplished All it was was, no, it was a vehicle to establish Rose's character and her motivations and whatnot. Um, Which, why? But 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 you already had the my sister just died motivation, so you didn't really need... A, t- a ton more yeah and, and the other thing too is like, let alone why, 25 minutes worth of, of why bother why do we need that? the rose like i i'm honestly don't get me wrong I, I the rose character was okay but like the whole thing could have stayed on the cutting room floor like in my opinion um but then but then where why you know like, i guess you could have shown the kid at the end anyway with the force broom if you wanted to go that far because yeah i mean that scene if you cut out all of that stuff that scene still is like other uh, than he would have had I, to I get kinda, the ring from rose you, you need another 10 seconds of, of screen time to show that he's in a shitty situation uh but he can totally force force pull a broom and I, that scene still works yeah um the only thing that it would have really truly fucked up is um with no relationship between Finn and Rose, the whole, um, you know, knocking Finn off the kamikaze mission thing doesn't really make a lot of sense. But that's another scene where I was just like, I, and was I, that, that the plan that the entire really time? Get. Were they just going to 
kamikaze it right up the asshole of that thing anyway because no, they it seems to me that like they were like we're gonna charge at them in the, these jalopies and get picked off because there's no shields on this thing there's almost no offensive capability but they're like we're the rebels we better do something completely fucking retarded um so that was the other thing that was a little frustrating to me too is like i, I thought for sure there was going to be a thermal exhaust port somewhere on the back of that thing yeah like watching that i was like oh well, they're gonna kill finn because like that doesn't fucking make any sense to do anything else. They, they've got no plan except for let Finn ram his ass up the, you know, the, the, the bulldozer thingy. Yeah. Uh, and then of course they, they, uh, you know, Rose, uh, chicken shitted at him out right at the last second. So, um, yeah, that whole thing. But anyway, that, that, that to me is definitely the weak part of the movie. You could take that whole section out and the movie doesn't really lose anything in my opinion, except for the fact that Finn literally has no part in it at that point. But I, th- I think they could have found other ways to write him in, in a way that would have been meaningful and somewhat impactful. Um, the, the only thing that they do get that, that I did like from that sequence and having him meet Rose is that little scene where he's kind of getting ready to desert. Like he's getting ready to, you know, uh, grab a pod and take off. Mm. Like that scene was okay. Um, and, and I thought that that was worth leaving in, but the whole Canto bite segment was just, I did. I don't think anybody really cared about it. So also that little homing beacon thing, Finn took it with him. Yeah. It showed him with it, but then, uh, Poe had it when Finn was before Finn got back as well. So I'm not really sure that must've been an editing problem. I thought they had that right, but I could, I could be wrong. Honestly. Uh, I I feel again, I'll rewatch it and, and we'll, we'll, we'll see, but, uh, where was I gonna go? There was there was something else too. Well, let's I guess let's talk about some some things that we did like uh, for sure. Let's and this is we've already uh, been spoiling some shit anyway, but this is major major plot spoilers here too. I mean, we've spoiled um, <laughs> many major plot spoilers. So uh, if, you didn't, if you didn't get the warning up top, fucking you deserve it. Let's anyway. talk about the meat and potatoes of it. Uh, let's talk about the throne room scene. Yeah, so I don't know that I would call that the meat and potatoes, but that was probably one of the most satisfying scenes in the movie. There it's, are two it's, scenes. It's the first scene of the movie that got applause from the audience at the show I went to. There are two scenes in that movie that, yeah, were sort of like applause sections. Um, so that and the kamikaze scene for me are the two that, like, holy shit, like, I will remember those scenes forever. And especially the kamikaze sequence, seeing that in the theater, the way that they shot that and the way that they did that. So fucking amazing. But anyway, throne room scene. God, is that a badass scene? Like, um, it does so much uh, uh, in so little time. Um, so first off, when Snoke's like gloating, he's like, yeah, I've got him Raptor on my finger and already I can see he's moving to strike and blah, blah, blah. And then you see Kylo, like you can see it sort of, you know, shows the audience that he's moving to strike, but it's not necessarily going to be Ray. You start to get a little hint uh, that there, there's going to be. And so when that saber ignites, like when you, when I saw it to start to turn, I was like, holy shit, holy shit, what are they doing? And then when the saber ignites and it's just like, oh my God, they're going to fucking kill Snoke right now. Holy shit. Is he going to be like a spider guy like Darth Maul? Um, cause they like just straight up cut him in half. So I was like, spider guy, we get spider Snoke now. Yay. Um, and then, you know, they just end that really quickly. And then we go to the, the, uh, Ray and Kylo fight the red dude scene. <coughs> God, that mm-hmm. was a cool scene. Um, uh, here's the thing: killing Snoke presented a huge problem for me, for and and for a lot of people's fan theories too about about Kylo um, coming back to the light side. Because it, uh, so theoretically, if Snoke lives, you maybe can get a redemption story for Kylo Ren. Once Snoke dies, though, there's got to be a big bad controlling uh, the First Order, and that's not going to be Hux. Yeah, so, so that was that was the main thing. As I'm watching this scene, I was like, "Well, holy fuck, man! Like, where are they going from this?" Because um, I didn't really think so. Like, 
I, I've never really been a big proponent of they're going to turn Kylo. Um, I haven't really thought that they were going to turn Kylo at all. So even as I'm watching this, I'm like, whoa, are they going to turn Kylo? And then they have this fight and everybody's kicking ass. And then they get to the end and it's just like, uh, no, I, you know, now I'm in charge and we can totally break down the whole galaxy together. That was, uh, both, um, super satisfying and super disappointing on the one hand, uh, on the same side, because they, that was kind of a mini swerve in that movie, uh, honestly. I think that, um, the way they set Kylo up in that movie, you could picture, and it was looking increasingly likely that they were going to turn Kylo. Um, and then, of course, the story problem becomes, well, then who's, the, who's the villain? Because, um, we know nobody else. Of course, obviously, this movie's, these movies haven't been shy about introducing completely new characters for, you know, underspecious. It's all of a sudden we have Count Dooku again or something, you know, like, I don't know, or, you know, just whatever. It it doesn't necessarily have, it didn't have to be Snoke, or maybe we're going to find out Snoke's the apprentice to, you know, whatever. Um, so anyway, that scene was pretty genius, uh, and really highlights, like, you want to talk about acting in this movie fucking adam driver steals every scene he's in like adam driver's kylo the subtlety with which he plays these things just like the subtlety with which he plays uh just his face like even without actually speaking a line of dialogue the way you can see like the turmoil in his face and the calculations and stuff like that is just so fucking good i also really enjoyed um how they got rid of the mask too uh which was basically at the beginning of the movie snoke was just like take that shit off yeah, like, he's like, you're, you're being a little fucking cosplay bitch right now. Take your fucking stupid mask off. <clears throat> so, yeah. yeah, I like that. And I thought that showed some real growth for the character, too, because, it, you know, we, we both know. I mean, he's basically cosplaying as Vader and, and trying to acknowledge it. You yeah, know? Vader wore the mask because it was the only thing that kept him alive. And then so you got Kylo, who's like, oh, look at me. I want to be like my granddaddy. Yeah. Like, so I could wear a sweet mask too. I want my voice to change. Like he is just like a big kid, you know, yeah. basically in, 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 you know, a, a, a doofy mask. So yeah. I think not having the mask helped Kylo in, in episode eight a lot. I know that he didn't have much credibility with the wife. I don't know that he still does, but like, um, I, I, I feel like you're, you're probably hundred percent right though. I think his performance was outstanding for this. So. Oh man. Yeah. I just, without a doubt to me, Kylo or Adam driver really is the standout actor in this film. We're also um, halfway through the movie. Logan lucky. Mm-hmm. which is uh, Adam Driver and Channing Tatum that play two brothers who <laughs> attempt to rob Charlotte Motor Speedway on the busiest weekend of the year. Uh, nice. So you keep waiting for Kylo to be like uh, lightsaber and some bitches. Well, he's missing speedway. an arm. Yeah. He's oh, missing okay. an arm in, in Logan Lucky. <laughs> like, cause he's a, uh, I mean, much like in real life, he's a former, uh, I think Marine um, in uh, Logan Lucky as well. So, Oh, gotcha. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's got a war wound, but uh, anyway, um, I enjoyed that. Also, um, all right. One more thing that I got to touch on that uh, is very polarizing. Go for it. Space Ghost Leia. Uh, do you mean Mary Poppins Leia? I mean, I mean, if she's not a Disney princess now, I don't know what qualifies her. Yeah, seriously. They did everything but have her kiss a frog and put a crown on her. Um, I didn't necessarily hate the scene, but it definitely was out of left field for me. Okay. So here's the thing with the Leia scene. Um, I think we've all been watching this movie or going into this movie. I know I certainly thought I was expecting to see the end of Leia's character for the most part. Um, so I, I kind of expected there to her to kill her. Like I expected there to be like a last minute, like, Oh, we got to do something. And so they, they killed her because I knew that scene was going to be primarily CG anyway. I was like, okay, this makes sense. You know, episode she goes out, three. she goes out in a, in a pretty badass way. I say episode three, episode nine was actually supposed to be a very Leia centric story. Well, that's the thing. And, and so we'll come back to that in just a second and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But my, um, 
So anyway, going into this movie, I was like, well, you know, Carrie unfortunately has passed and they, they're going to have to change their game plans and they're going to have to, you know, kill her off in this movie or at least give her a significantly reduced role. It turns out they didn't do that at all. And they must have either worked around the footage they had of her or they had finished, you know, principal shooting for, I, I think. Oh, it was had, done. The movie, yeah, the, the they, they photographer had, for the movie was done. They had principal shooting done, but uh, the uh, the thing they didn't do was the overdub, you know, like where they go back and record the Oh, yeah. The you obviously didn't get ADR from her. And yeah. So they, which, they probably did some pickups that she couldn't come back and do but. which actually turned out amazing i gotta say like i i'm pretty sure they didn't get adr from her but it actually worked really well and i couldn't tell at all and and when i read that line somewhere i was like holy shit they, they didn't do that and it actually totally worked so anyway in retrospect i think that um, we all went in saying you know, unfortunately, due to Carrie's passing, they have to do something to sideline the character, whether that's going to be kill her off, whether it's going to be write her out, you know, whatever it is going to be. We're expecting to see something that gets um, Leia off of the, you know, main roster, so to speak. And so when she goes out the the window, I was like, oh, well, I guess this is it. And, and I'm watching this scene and it is a fitting set off, send off, you know, showing her floating through space and that just slow way in which it looks like she's going to die. And I was like, man, you know, this, this is as fitting a sudden off as I can think. So when she, like her eyes pop open and she Mary Poppins her fucking way back into the ship. On the one hand, I was like, awesome. You know, finally fucking, uh, Leia gets to use some of the force powers we know she's got. And especially since, you know, these movies have no qualms about just having no training and doing whatever you want with the force. It's fine. Um, but on the other hand, it was a little jarring because I was like, well, what are they going to fucking do? And so like, I keep waiting for the, I was like, okay, well, they're going to save it for the third act then. Uh, and then of course, you know, Leia makes it out of the movie just fine. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That scene was a little bit weird to me and, and just in general. And I think part of that is just because, in fact, that's going to be true for a lot of this movie. A lot of the reason why people are going to love or hate this movie is simply because it does not match their expectation. Uh, yeah. Billy Lord actually had an increased role in this movie too, which I thought was, was, uh, Billy Lord is which one again? That's uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Oh, okay. And she plays um, little kid with the curly. Br- no, she's not a kid. Uh, the the younger girl with the curly. She's Lieutenant something. Lieutenant. Uh, oh, was she the Connix. one that Poe was like blah blah blahing with? And she's like, oh, we're gonna mutiny, I guess, together. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, that was her. Okay, cool. Um, um, so. Yeah, that scene was interesting to say the least. Um, and also my wife had the same feelings as you because the movie was over and like we get in the car and she's like, so Princess Leia is still alive. Yeah. And I'm like, well, and, and so here's my thought. If Disney holds true with what they said, either they've already shot footage mm-hmm. for episode nine, which they didn't have a director. So I don't think that's probably the case. Um, or she'll die off screen. So which I, I think is okay too. I think I- if that's. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do feel like whatever is going to happen is going to be a little bit of a missed opportunity because it sounds like the plan was originally um, in the trilogy. Um, th- this is also going to be kind of a send off to the old guard. And we've already seen that mm-hmm. a little bit like Han Han in the force awakens has a major part. Uh, Luke, of course, in the last Jedi. And I heard the same thing as you, which is that uh, episode nine was going to be a very heavily heavy Leia story in much the same way that I think the previous two movies have been, you know, like this movie was heavy Luke. The movie before that was heavy Han. So, I thought that was what they're going to do. And so now I'm, uh, you know, extra bummed because, of course, plans have to significantly change for that. And, and unfortunately, uh, you know, I hope I hope they still manage to do a, a good, you know, like there's got to be a nice way to say goodbye to the to Leia. And, and, you know, when I was thinking about episode nine, too, I was like, if they had already shot it, 
they don't even have to kill her. Like, there's no reason why Han had to die or why Luke had to die. I mean, for Han, I think it makes a little bit of sense for his character progression and for Luke as well. And I don't know that that's necessarily true for Leia. I don't think that Leia had to go down with the ship. Um, I think no. the Leia could have lived and that could have been another, you know, part of her character is that she lives and, and, and mourns essentially. Um, that was, that was the other part too that I actually thought that they were going to do, um, which is when, uh, Vice Admiral Holdo was going to stay aboard. Oh, yeah. And like, I was like, oh, it, Leia's totally just going to stay and let her go. Yeah, for sure. She was, I, I thought for sure Leia was going to be like, um, yeah, no, it's okay. I'm old now and I should take this, you know, I should do this. And instead she's like, well, see you later. I'm going to go get some big gulps. You, you know? talk about a slow burn on a character development too. I oh, fucking yeah. hated Holdo so much. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh no, we're going to launch everybody on these transports, which Poe's right about. But he, what he doesn't know is that they're cloaked and we're going to go to this planet that they'll never be able to get to us at. See, you know? I actually thought that the way they handled Holdo was kind of brilliant because I was, you know, my original thought once things start to go a little sideways and Poe starts to be like, oh, she's a bitch, um, was that they were going to reveal that she was the mole or that she was a mole of some sort and that's why they could follow the ships through hyperspace is because she had some kind of beacon or some bullshit or something you know some techno whatever i honestly thought they were just gonna be like oh well they were just homing in on the on the beacon that they gave ray that leia had that the other could, that could have been but yeah once once it starts to be like oh yeah hold us a bitch and we don't like her um i thought that they were maybe kind of directing us up for a like uh oh yeah it turns out she's been the one that's giving the first order our location and that's how that's all going down um not what they did. And, um, she was actually, you know, a lot of people, I think, criticized Holdo as well. I, I, I liked her as a character and I liked the way that they handled her because I thought from a narrative standpoint that, uh, having her in that place did so much more for, uh, the overall thing. Cause I liked that I, I, I went back and I thought about that and I was like, I really liked that I had that feeling and that they, you know, they, um, steered a different direction and I had to keep guessing a little bit about what was actually happening. Um, because, it can be a little just it's just too on the nose a lot of the time yeah um uh, they they did quite a bit with characters that i thought was really really well done um in this movie um i thought the fen character was a little bit more rounded out in this um you got to cuz now he is a hero yeah even though he's not acknowledging that he's a hero like he's still doing whatever it takes and again it is still from somewhat of a selfish point of view though he's not doing it for the resistance He's doing it to try and save his friend. Yeah. Um, but he's still doing honorable things nonetheless. Uh, the other piece too that I thought was really fun was the Ray, um, the Ray parallels with Luke. Uh, we talked about a few of them already. What we didn't really talk about though is uh, there is what essentially equates to the same type of thing as the dark side cave on Dagobah on this old planet that they're yeah, on. Like the super dark side cave is that the looks way like I read the Sarlacc one. pit. Yeah, I, I literally was like, oh, they, they, they have their own, you know, bigger dark side cave. They've, they've got a Sarlacc. No. Yeah. Um, what I thought was interesting about that is that, um, Luke yelled at her for not trying to resist it. Yeah. But like, what you didn't know at that time that he yelled at her is that he'd see, he'd like sealed himself off from the force. So like, he didn't know. Yeah. Um, but See, I, I legit think that was just an error. Like, I, I think that the, he was, you know, the playing like he knew. Uh, and then when they revealed later, he didn't, he hasn't, I was like, well, come on, you know? I, I think, um, I think what I, what they didn't address and hopefully that they do show a little bit of love in the next movie is that, um, Ray actually went and sought out that cave and approached it in a much different manner than Luke did on Dagobah. Like, Luke felt drawn to it on Dagobah. But he felt drawn to it 
and well, also afraid of it at the same time. Like, he, Ray just totally jumped in and was like, hey, I'm going to see what this is all about. Yeah, he went in with, like, dark side feelings. Like, he yeah. went in with, like, I'm going to, you know, he, he when Yoda's like, don't take your weapons, he's like, I'm taking my fucking weapons. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, and then he, you know, Vader comes out and he immediately draws on him and shit like that. Yeah. And so, uh, Luke's experience was very different. Whereas Leia, uh, um, not Ray. Leia, Ray was just like, I want to, I want to see what that is. Like, she went out in, in, you know, very curious and stuff like that. And in, in a lot of ways, I think that, um, Luke has always been a little bit like dark side, light side, Willie, won't he? Um, even in, uh, return, there's a battle, you know, the, the penultimate battle. I think he goes kind of, he oscillates back and forth between light and dark. Oh, and when he cuts off Vader's hand. When he cuts off Vader's hand and you can see that's done, you know, out of he's, pure he's, anger he's, and he's, he's striking angry. in the way yeah. that, uh, that Vader does. Um, and then he finally backs off and he says, no, I'm not going to do that. Whereas Ray, I think, has been solely nothing but good. And so like when she goes into the dark side cave, I was a lot less worried because it's like, no, she's, she's approaching it in a completely different manner. Um, I, I also feel like wherever star Wars goes, uh, once the Skywalker trilogy is closed out or Skywalker nineology, I don't know what septology. I think that's seven. Oh, that is seven. Fuck. September used to be the seventh month. To Oc. Octa eight. is eight, and then we we've got to have some sort of like nine, 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 no, no. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let's make up words, listeners. If you know the 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 term, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. Um, saga. We'll call it a saga. Yeah, you could do that. Anyway, Skywalker saga is pretty fitting. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't even know where, where was it going with that. Yeah, I don't know. We were talking about Ray in the dark side pit. Oh, dark side. Um, I really feel like no matter where what happens later on, um. We're going to get to a point where whatever is it, whether it's Jedi or they call it something else, uh, don't shut themselves off from certain feelings. Like, I think we're going to get to a point where they're just like, look, people get angry. It's natural. You just can't let it control you. And it, they'll, they'll be a much more. I gray do, area. I do think that's the route we're going. I, I think, you know, like the Jedi are pa- practically like Buddhist priests, like, uh, uh, Buddhist priest was an alternate, uh, for Judas priest, I think. Um, but I think they, they, they really resemble in a lot of ways, Buddhist, you know, celibate priests. Uh, and I think that, yeah, the new Jedi order, I guess is what I'm going to tentatively call it. Cause I think they may hang on to that. I think they're probably going to hang on to the Jedi name. Uh, but that I think the new Jedi order led by Ray are going to be a lot different in, in, uh, and just basically focus on being good so much as being, you know, like, uh, virtuous. Cause like the old Jedi get so hung up on being like sticking to their virtues that they don't actually quite can, uh, do as good of a job of actually doing good. Well, and see, here's the thing. Anybody that complained about the the prequel trilogy that says that this movie was total shit has to go back and actually look because the scene where he's at that little pond with the yin yang thing in it and whatnot and he's yeah. telling the story of the Jedi that whole thing is basically shitting on everything the Jedi were in those prequel trilogies like oh he that, was that's like- Luke just like saying no these guys were so fucking up their own asses. That they couldn't fucking even see that the emperor was rising in front of them. Yeah, like, that that when he said that, I was like, oh man, like that's vindication because I've been I, um, a lot of Star Wars nerds have been saying that the same for a long, long time. Like the Jedi at the height of their power just are pretty much easily wiped off because they're you know so up their own asses that they don't get anything right. Um, and I think that's kind of a that's another big thing I think this movie does is it kind of is going to break that cycle of things and and that was you know really the only I thought you know nod to the prequel trilogy was that like was the whole oh yeah they 
basically fucked up. Like uh, that's as much of a nod as I wanted them to give too, because it's not like they referenced anything specific, but um, that was the whole thing with that scene. And that I actually really enjoyed. Like I do like, um, I do feel like this is going to be a little bit of a reset where like kind of a, uh, not a middle point, but we're at kind of a middle point where we're, mo- we're transitioning between one thing and the other. And there's a lot of things about that that make me think that. So one is, you know, Luke setting up the whole, like, uh, old Jedis are gone and I want them to die with me sort of thing. Uh, the new Jedi thing, uh, led by Ray, I think is going to be, uh, you know, a- another interesting facet. So we're in the transition between old and new Jedi, I think. Um, there's other things about this too, like, um, this is the big question mark for me. Like the one mystery that you cannot quite disabuse me of yet is that as much as fucking uh, Kylo tells Ray, her parents were nobody's just junkers who left her. I still don't believe that quite yet. No, um, no, I still think this is inherently the Skywalker saga. So I'm waiting for Ray to find out her true parentage is actually much more grand than that. Um, but a lot of people actually were excited by that because it means we're sort of transitioning away from the Skywalkers too. Cause in a galaxy of this size, like having all of the weight being on the Skywalkers is a little ridiculous. That also, that also could be this, this could be the transitional moment. It could be. That so, so like I'm, I'm on the fence about that one because on the one hand, I think, you know, if, it, especially when we move out of this trilogy, like I think th- this has got to be the, we got to be done with the Skywalkers at the end of this one. Like, uh, so I think when we, when we move out of this one, um, it, it's both interesting to me to see that Ray is not a Skywalker. As long as they don't but say, hand, it's like no, a, wait, never mind. You didn't have parents. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about that too. Um, and I was like, no, no, if they do fucking force Jesus on her again, I'm out of this. Like, I, I don't know. I'll watch the next one. If, if we go force Jesus again. Yeah. Uh I don't know. Um I'm I I'm very intrigued by where we go from here. Like this movie did not disappoint me. It's not I, I again, yes, there are parts that I'm like, yeah, maybe that shouldn't have been there, but there's also there's there's so much good that came out of this. Like there's so much just I mean, it's moments. You know what I mean? Like uh you know, we watch wrestling a lot and like everybody talks about wanting to have their WrestleMania moment and like the the WrestleMania moment of Star Wars, at least for the new trilogy so far, has been like, oh, look what happened to Snoke. Look at that shit. Yeah. And then like, um, not even secondarily to that, but addition in addition to that, then we have Luke's return uh to the planet, the salt planet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um immediately following the uh uh the kamikaze scene. Oh god. Um, like that was so fucking perfectly done. Like I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it so much. I think we briefly talked about that, but that is I think going to go down as like one of my favorite scenes in cinema. Yeah. The way they shot that, the way it goes absolutely silent, the just the way that it looks on screen. Like in my theater, um even the one fucking really loud guy next to me was like dead silent for that. And the only thing you could hear maybe was a gasp here and there because even though like you could see it coming, just the way that they did that was just still still so like Oh man, it just it's a it's a perfect it is one of the very few uh perfect scenes in cinema, but that is definitely my, a perfect my scene. First reaction when he walked into the into the base. Someone got a haircut. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? Uh, see, I immediately noticed a lot of people didn't pick up on this, but I immediately noticed that like he got a haircut and his beard is all of a sudden a lot uh darker than it was. So like what's going on with that? So I didn't pick up on the whole force projection, I think, until the reveal. I um, I knew something was up. I didn't know exactly what it was. My whole thing was like I was like he built a new lightsaber. That's not his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 it looks like Ray's lightsaber, but that's broken now. So yeah. Um, and then and then when he showed it, I was like, oh, this must be like in the Matrix where you like project yourself as like your like what your image of yourself is. 
Something like, like that. Yeah. I, I didn't pick up on the projection. I was just like, well, what the hell's going on with that? Um, I guess I'm a little slow because by that point, we probably had all the clues we need to figure out that it was a projection, even down to like when he just absolutely gets blasted. Uh, yeah, like, and then, and then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he flicks that dirt off his shoulder, uh, Jay Z style. Um, I still wasn't quite sure what was going on. I was like, well, did he like force field? Um, is that too on the nose? Do we, can we do force field now? You know, what's funny is they could have, they could have had him physically be there and still pulled that off because one of Darth Vader's innate Jedi abilities, which, cause like one of the things they talk about, um, at least in extended canon, um, is that not everybody's Jedi abilities are, are carbon copies. Like some people mm-hmm. are better like at talking to animals and shit and other people like have yeah. one of Vader's was the ability to absorb enormous amounts of, of, Blaster, energy yeah and like we'll just i mean the han solo um vader scene on where he shoots his hand cloud city yeah, yeah. he's like oh, oh look at me see i always chalked it up to like it's a fake hand so what the fuck ever yeah um, um but anyway so he, he i mean they could have they could have they could have there done were that, lots but. of ways and, and then and now looking back in in retrospect it's even more brilliant because even after that and when he goes actually to fight kylo and he basically just dodges all of his saber attacks like there, there's no contact and no. so that that whole thing was i thought pretty genius there is contact though between him and the and the and the other world too because other world yeah because he does he kisses lay on the forehead yeah um and see, so i think i think he can manifest it well see i don't know about that but, because i don't know that leia necessarily wasn't just in on the gag well like, he handed her the the dice yeah see and that's another and then they just disappeared like, gigantic mystery to me because uh my my wondering is that um does anybody besides leia touch the dice after because to me that's like a very big sign because leia i think she's force sensitive we know she can figure shit like that out so what my question was was did she just figure out what was going on and she just kept it, you know, kept it close to the chest? Yeah. Uh, so um, anyway, somebody smarter than me came up with that on Reddit, that theory. Here's, here's, here's sure my thing, though. Wrong. Like their whole reason for thinking there was another way out of that base, though, was completely flawed because they're like, well, how'd Luke get in? And they're like, well, there must be an exit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Luke's like, yeah, I don't know. There must be. Yeah. Sure. Good luck. All go, right, guys. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and that's actually. Uh, so this is probably um one of my favorite send-offs uh ever in the history of star wars i think yeah. is luke staring at the twin sons or you know like when he it sort of imagines the twin son i don't know exactly how that worked but that was such a good way to go i i, I was pretty close to rolling a tear right there and i knew it was going to happen so yeah and then and then the way he his uh his robes sort of fall away a, a la obi Obi-Wan, I was like, oh, okay, so we finally got a second character in the in the the canon that can do that. Um so I thought that was like telling that like Luke has ascended and, and yeah, definitely we get some Force Ghost genius juice uh in the so, next And here's my thing too. I also have come to realize that the idea of when you ascend as a Jedi. Yeah. I think that that doesn't just happen to good Jedi. Like, you know, they had, because everybody just assumes that, like, that's what happens to the light side Jedi and stuff because they had to burn Vader. Well, Qui Gon didn't disappear either. Yeah. Um, I think that only happens when you are 100% at peace with what's happening. Yeah. Um, like at the very beginning of the, of the original saga, like, Obi Wan just holds up his lightsaber. He knows it's coming. He lets Darth Vader have it. Yeah. And, um, and then Yoda, of course, Yoda's been there, you know, doing his thing for 900 years. And he's like, look, this is, this is what I am. This is my existence. So. I, I think, 
you know, Star Wars has always had a little bit of like a Zen Buddhist, uh, especially behind the Jedi. And so I think that that's true. Like, I think that is probably the thing, like the, the ascension, you know, the oneness with the force comes with the fact that you just sort of let all things be and like understanding how the force works. I also liked that they did a much, I don't know, the, the way that Luke described the force to, to Ray was, um, I think the best we've seen on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get me oh, wrong. For sure. I, I loved, I loved Alec Guinness explaining it to young Luke, but, um, man, so good. Uh, so anyway, um, I don't know. There's a lot of things to love and hate about this movie. Um, the only thing, the, the last thing I guess I'm going to bag on for a second is if we don't get some fucking explanation of Snoke or the First Order at some point, I'm going to be pretty disappointed because like, here's the thing. Um, people keep comparing this to the original tril- trilogy and they're like, well, you don't really know where the Empire came from and you don't really know where the f- uh, uh, fucking the Emperor came from. Well, we and do. We do now because the prequels exist, but even watching the original trilogy, yeah, you don't know those things, but you don't have to know those things because you know, you have no foreknowledge of anything that's happened in the past. We know what has happened via the original trilogy, and now we've got a whole nother rise of the thing. So it, it like, we need some sort of explanation about these things uh, in some way because it's like, oops, uh, there's the first order, you know, like every time somebody forgets, you know, like, in the Star Wars galaxy, they don't leave the stove on. They accidentally form a first order. Like nobody, nobody's like, "Oops, I, did I leave the stove on?" They're like, "Oh, hey, shit, are we the baddies again?" How did, did, the, did, how did, did the, the first, first order, order get here? Um, somebody put a fork in the microwave. Yeah, it's it just, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, um, I, I forgot know. to pay the credit card bill, and then we formed an evil league of uh, villains trying to take over the galaxy again. You know, it, it just happens. It happens. I definitely want to. I, I want to know more about Snoke. Um, I also for sure want to know what happened to the rest of the Knights of Ren. Yeah, that's another big question mark. Like, um, so, and here's the, uh, I guess my biggest cr- criticism of this is like thinking about The Force Awakens and thinking about this movie, the two seem relatively disjointed, um, in, in lots of ways. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that like you could sell, you could tell with The Force Awakens, JJ set up a lot of things. So you got the Knights of Ren, you got Snoke, you got Ray's Parentage, you got a whole bunch of things that, that uh, JJ clearly set up as mysteries, like exercises, like we're going to revisit that. Like, like, so that's the big disappointing thing to me with The Last Jedi is, I feel like there was very clearly some things that were being set up in that movie. And then it's like they they handed the movie over to uh, Ryan Johnson and, they, and Ryan was just like, I don't want to do any of that shit. So we're not going to. Um, and so I don't Actually, know how he wrote the script before Force Awakens was done. Yeah. Which is kind of a problem. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do with episode nine. It could be that, that um, you know, so episode nine is going to be JJ again. And so it could be that they get through that and then JJ is going to be like, well, I left a whole bunch of fucking threads that were untied. Yeah, so I don't so know I'm if gonna go ahead and tie those up now. Gonna try to tie all those up, and then we're just gonna have like this weird middle child with the Last Jedi. Um, but that's kind of my biggest criticism. It's not necessarily that the movie came out and it didn't do exactly what I wanted with my fan theories or whatever. It's that the movie came out and just ignored several things set up in the Force o- Force Awakens in a way that I thought was fairly jarring because like you have to know you have to know at the end of watching the force awakens there's some big questions that you want answers to like and it's not like it's it's you can compare it to the original trilogy a little bit but you can't really because just the fact that we have the original trilogy means these are different sets of movies well and Um, the thing is 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 we know and we've been told in two different movies now that kylo took some of the students with him yeah so we we need a you know like and that's the other thing like so when we get to the you know the the red room scene um I expected we were going to see that those guys are the Knights of Ren, and then they're not. And so that it's like, well, what the fuck, man? Did you even see, like, there were some parts of this where I was wondering if Ryan even saw the original, like, The Force Awakens. Um, 
because there are some things that like he just deliberately sort of left out, sidestepped or, you know, completely ignored that was very, very, you know, disappointing to me. You know, so even Snoke, I don't mind that they killed him off in this movie. I mind that there's a whole bunch of curious questions surrounding his character that it appears at least so far we're not going to get any answers to. Like, why did Kylo go to Snoke? How did Kylo know Snoke was a thing? Uh, blah, 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 and so on. Like, we need a little bit of a nod. You know, we got a little bit of a, a you know, sort of flashback you know, Luke wants to kill Kylo sort of thing. Can I tell you that I like the flashback scenes? I did. I did too. Um, Because I like that they were told from like Luke's, Luke's telling it and he's, he's purposely limiting the information that he's giving Ray when he tells it the first time. Yeah. And then Kylo tells it. And then you, you get a completely different version of it from him. And then Luke tells it again, which I think is probably the more accurate version of the story. Yeah. But you can also completely understand why Kylo might have told it from his point of view, because he, for all intents and purposes, could have really thought Luke was there to kill him. Because he legit was for a second. Like when he flips that lightsaber on, it was like he was probably thinking about killing him. Like, well, in the in the third in the third flashback, though, Kylo lights his lightsaber first. Oh, okay. And Luke lights his second and in defense. But then Kylo's like, ah, you know, and brings the the fucking yeah, so TP down or whatever they were <clears throat> sleeping in. Yeah, I, um, I I did like the way that they did they did that too. I have to rewatch that too because I thought even in the end it was kind of like Luke Luke overdid it like. Um, and so even that Luke was having that doubt that like, you know, it was a creepy scene and I can kind of see why Kylo reacted the way he did, but it's also kind of telling if you're, I'm, I'm sure you're correct about that, but like, that's kind of telling of Kylo in general that he sees Luke there and his thought is he must be trying to kill me. So he, uh, you know, lights the lightsaber that said Kylo's incredibly force adept. And so, um, that he would be able to sense the, that emotion coming off of Luke. Isn't that far of a cry either. Right. Um, um, so no, I, I definitely enjoyed those, those scenes, but again they leave more questions unanswered than i think they actually answer yeah and and so again it's it's entirely fair to say oh yeah um ray's parents really are nobodies and stuff like that there were parts that i didn't really have a lot of problem with i wasn't expecting we were going to get like a some sort of like compendium volume that explains exactly snoke's rise to power and stuff like that but i thought you know you could you could get do a 15 second scene that gives a semi-satisfying you know sort of like okay here's how this happened sort of thing well and okay so the the weird thing about those flashbacks is this. Number one, that's not necessarily a question that the fans had been asking to be answered. Like, the fallout between Luke and Kylo, um, I think, was was just generally being accepted much as the same as, as uh, like, Obi-Wan going, yeah, I mean, I, I was training him, and then he fucking turned on me. Yeah, um, that... that- it's funny too because uh, of the scene that they did choose to give some exposition on uh, um or of the questions we had that they chose to give some exp- exposition on that's not that would have been probably bottom of my list like yeah. I, I don't get me wrong it worked really well for this movie and i thought that the way that they showed that was really good and it kind of gives you an idea about why luke's in seclusion and what exactly caused him to do that well and it also served the purpose of um explaining how kylo gained some of ray's uh trust yeah so, but, um, you know, just in general, like that, that's, I guess my criticism, my main criticism of the movie, the main thing that I didn't like about it is that, um, really from the force awakens and just the general theme and arcs and how that movie felt to me compared to the last Jedi, uh, um, is quite a bit different in tone and it's quite a bit different in like goal. It just, it feels, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Um, empire is my favorite still empire remains my favorite. Uh, and it is quite a bit different from a new hope, but it doesn't lose, like, they still feel like the same. It feels more thing. like a direct continuation rather than yeah. like, so 
and, still and, captures okay, the this same is, sort of This is of not feelings. a criticism of, of Rogue One either. But other than you have the same characters that were in The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi almost kind of feels like a Rogue One spinoff of yeah, like The Force not Awakens. Quite, not quite the... Not necessarily yeah. direct sequel. Yeah, I guess that's the thing for Empire. Not only does it feel like it continues, but it expands. It mm-hmm. expands the story. Like it doesn't. Uh, like the thing I felt with the Last Jedi was like I, I really kind of felt like Ryan watched The Force Awakens and he's like, I don't really like that movie. I'm going to make my own movie. Uh, and, and so he, it, it feels very different. In the other case, I, I felt like um, maybe Irvin Kirshner watched uh, A New Hope and he was like. Yeah, they got some good things going here, and I feel like I can add a little bit of gravitas to this. And so he did, and he did it in a very successful way that still is totally Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so um, I, it could be, you know, I guess that could be rose-colored glasses. And but I guess just- maybe maybe I'm not even being fair to it. I mean, it is it is definitely a direct sequel. Now that I think about it, it's not it's not it's less Rogue One-ish than I than I originally thought. Oh yeah, I mean it's not a, a legit I mean, spinoff, but you, it does you, feel you like have- a little bit like its own like. Like we stepped into like a not quite alternate universe, but like we we went to you know a galaxy far far away to or something. It's like when when a comic book prints uh, variant covers that are meant to 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 go together as yeah. as like a mural or whatever, and then you put them all together, and there's always lines that don't quite match up because different artists did the did the work. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it seems like to me. Yeah, it honestly feels like you know like we we're in the multiverse and we we landed on the Earth, you know, the next adjacent Earth or something like that, uh, the next adjacent galaxy far far away. Because um, it, it does feel you know it does feel pretty close, but there's some big parts to me that that a little bit like if I stop for a second, I'm going to realize if I stop and think about it, I'm going to realize I'm in the Matrix. Like that's a little bit how this is. The good news is, um, Luna's here. I don't think that's bad. Um, there are oh. a lot of things that I really like that they did differently here. Um, I do like that. I think we're sort of, this is a, this is a, a fresh take, you know, like, especially having watched The Force Awakens, I think a lot of people are probably coming out of this saying, oh yeah, Kylo, they're going to do a turn with Kylo. And, you know, cause that's, that's what they did with Vader. And uh, there was a lot of things that I think people expected based on the original trilogy. And so I like that this is a little bit of a departure from that. And, and this is clearly, this is the, um, The Force Awakens is, is like a good, like, um, reset for the, uh, you know, from the prequel trilogy and getting us back into the Star Wars universe. And The Last Jedi is a good, like, okay, we're going to branch off a little bit from, we're going to branch off from, you know, what you necessarily, you know, are going to be able to predict in that, five seconds. That Okay, so that kind of hit the nail on the head for me. So it seems like Ryan Johnson made a movie where he, was fo- he focused more on the philosophy piece of it. A little bit, yeah. Um, and that's all right. I, I, I actually enjoyed the philosophy that, that he gave it. Um, and I And one of the pieces of dialogue that I liked the most in the entire movie um, speaking of the Vader turn thing was when Luke was talking to Leia on the um, shield planet or the salt planet or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, when he's like, um, here's the deal. I can't save him. Yeah. See, I like that too. Like it, 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 it was probably one of the first times in the entire saga where somebody talks to another character with complete honesty. And he's like, look, he's beyond my, he's beyond redemption. Like I, yeah. this is, he's got to go. <laughs> so I, I both, yeah, I, I both kind of love and hate that because on the one hand, that's one of my things where I think that that's a little bit mischaracterized for Luke. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, yeah, th- th- like this is the, this is one of the clear big turns here is like, it, especially when you see that throne room scene, you're like, oh, Kylo's a good guy now. Yay. And then it turns out, no, he's totally fucking not. He's actually the big bad guy now. And then uh, when you get to that end, it's like, no, nope, he's just the straight up big bad guy. Um, and Luke is probably at this point trying to prevent another emperor level character. I did, I did um, feel a major, major Harry Potter, uh, moment, uh, in that movie though, which is, uh, Ray's absolute refusal to call him 
Kylo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good... It, it's a lot like Harry Potter calling Voldemort Tom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did like that. I did like that in general, too, because uh, that's another, like... On the one hand, like, originally when they start calling him Ben more, it's like, oh, they're trying to get to his human side, and they're they're going to keep pushing that turn, and that's why I still think... Um, you know, that, that's one of the good, I think, things that the movie did was in, in trying to trick me to think that they were going to turn Kylo. Um, and then in retrospect, like when he gets to the end, even Luke is not calling him Ben anymore. He's calling him Kylo, I think. And that's a, that's another good solidify. You know, it's a good bit of um, uh, it, not an Easter egg, but, you know, it's a nice little bit that they throw in there to say, no, this is legit how we're going. There's no turn. He is just bad and we're just going to try to kill him. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens in episode nine. It's still possible that they try a turn for him, but I don't think that's coming. And I, and like I said, I've never really been a big proponent of that because we've seen that already. Um, so I, I kind of just want Kylo to be the big bad and I want him to have a satisfying death, which, um, is going to be, you know, a challenge because like I said, Adam driver is just fucking phenomenal as Kylo. Um, and th- that's one of the unexpected benefits here is that, um, we've got another, probably one of the best villains of all time. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was like, it was like they never Kylo. killed Darth Maul. Yeah. Uh, I also really liked except for this, this character gets dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the, uh, at last we'll have our revenge anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the dialogue between Leia and Ray after Luke's gone as well. And because they're just like, well, he's gone. And then like Ray's holding the, the pieces of the broken lightsaber. She's like, well, yeah. let's do this shit. Like, yeah. So uh, <laughs> did you I see both- the Kyber crystal just totally just hanging out there. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> that, that actually, uh, when I saw that scene, I was like, Ray's going to make her own fucking lightsaber. She's got the fucking books. It's going to tell us how to make a lightsaber. She's going to put his new lightsaber or she's going to put his Kyber crystal into her new lightsaber, which is going to be a staff because we haven't seen one of those in a long time. And this is the first character. It finally makes fucking sense to have for, uh, so that's what we're getting. So I, I really, I, I do you think, do you think it's staff? I look very forward to seeing the, the light staff, the lightsaber staff in, 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 uh, the next movie. And yes, I definitely do. And I think if they don't do that, I will truly be pissed off. Like, uh, you know, I'm pissed off about Snoke dying and not getting an extra one kyber crystal she's gonna have to find another but if there's no lightsaber staff at, at uh in the next movie i'm going to be fucking mad just saying she's got to find another one they've been setting that fucking staff up the whole time even in the beginning of the movie she's like doing sta- she's carrying around the staff and she's practicing with the staff and then when she moves to the saber it's still kind of staff moves um so yeah if they don't give her a fucking lightsaber staff in the next movie i'm going i'm gonna throw shit at my screen just saying we're gonna have to find another crystal i'm okay with that Okay Actually, we that. might not even have to because Luke just made one off screen. You never even saw it. Although that was a deleted scene on the on the Jedi Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. I, I think I've seen that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, there's lots of that's a that's a two second scene where she's off on some planet and then they, you know, she she recovers. The, that could even be the intro to the movie. Like the intro to the next movie is her off finding a kyber crystal so she can make herself a, a bitch and staff. So her and Chewie are going to go try and find some raptors to. Yeah. To fucking earn some cash for the rebellion. And she happens to find a kyber crystal. Yeah, out in the forest. There's just there's something. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways we can steer that. Oh, speaking of other questions, how the fuck did Maz get the lightsaber? We yeah. we still don't get that. That's another setup. It's like, oh, that's a story for another time that apparently we're never going to fucking tell. Well, she was kind of busy. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I guess Ryan's like, no, we're not going to answer that question. So have her be shooting stuff in the background so she doesn't have time for it. Um, I don't even know why that scene was in there, honestly. Other I... than she's like, go to this stupid place and find some guy that's not going to help you. Yeah, because they had to set up the bullshit scene with the fucking Canto Bite. Like, that's another thing that, that just didn't really make any sense. They're like, hey, you remember Maz Kanata was a character in the last movie? We were put her in this somehow. So let's make her be something that she completely wasn't. And like, that's another thing that they kind of missed. Like, I, I didn't like how they portrayed Maz in this movie at all. And I also don't like that we are apparently never going to find out how she gets that fucking lightsaber. 
Well, I do think we find out. And I do think we're going to find out. I'm just saying, like, there's a fucking lot of strings for... I think Maz, Maz is probably going to be the MacGuffin for, like, Ray finding out the truth about her parents and the lightsaber and all that kind of stuff. She could be. But, I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, she was probably going to have to prostitute himself out to Maz so that she'll tell the story, but... Yeah, there's there's just a lot of... um. There's a lot of strings that they, they clearly, there's a lot of strings that JJ was clearly dangling in The Force Awakens. And so I think the fans and myself included are a little bit right to be pissed off by how many of them are just left dangling. I don't um, think it's a good idea to write scripts at the same time because then you're left with the, I mean, you're like, well, I've got this complete script. And if I go by what this movie is, then I'm going to have to completely rewrite the whole thing. But if I just change a few details, then I should be okay. Well, you know, I think. I think that pro- the process needed to be a little bit more cohesive in general. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they couldn't write scripts at the same time, but it seems like they wrote the scripts in the same time in two different rooms. Do they not even have the same EP? And they That's kind of what's weird to me. It's yeah, like, I don't know. But it, it seems like they, they wrote scripts in different rooms and they kind of just passed each other in the hall and they were like, hey, I just uh, threw that Maz Kanata character in there. Uh, she's this little chick looking, you know, weird, uh, big bug eyed creature. Uh, and she's like, okay, yeah. That'll you, know, you, know those, too. you know those things where they flip the lenses when you go to the eye doctor? Yeah, she wears those. Yeah, it, it's totally normal. Um, Only they're giant. Yeah, and so Ryan's like, okay, I guess I'll put that in my fucking movie. And then they just, it's a completely different character for the most part, you know. Uh, so, I don't know. My overall summary is I still really like The Last Jedi. It is still really, really a good movie. It's only where it starts to piss me off, I guess, in context with The Force Awakens. So far of the new trilogy, I will say that The Force Awakens is still very much my favorite of the two. It is. Um, one of the things, though, that I'm going to give this movie that a lot of people aren't giving this movie, and I will fight them about it. This movie still very much feels like Star Wars to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like I, I won't take that away from it for a second. Like yeah. it's still very much a Star Wars movie. It's not like I'm watching the prequel trilogy again or anything right. like that. And, and there wasn't anything that I came out like, oh my god! Like I came out of this movie, uh, I don't know, happy, upset, you know, because it gave us some incredibly good stuff. There is some incredibly good stuff in this, and there's some things that really pissed me off about it. But it wasn't like when I walked out of the Phantom Menace and I was like, so the Star Wars universe is just a bunch of wonky creatures with fart jokes all of a sudden. Like, like that wasn't like a, Oh my God, what did I just watch sort of thing? Uh, that, yeah. that the Phantom Menace was. So I definitely get, didn't get that at all. I still would rate this movie very highly. Um, like I think it's got a 94% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think that's a fair score for it. Although I will say that as a Star Wars nerd and fan and having, you know, actually seen the force awakens, there were several things about it to me that make it a problem for the franchise. I, I uh, not necessarily say- so such that would detract from its you know score as a movie i just i will say this i really hope that people who are still looking for a bounty on on han don't find the millennium falcon and just blow it out of the sky oh yeah that'd be funny because man that's the entire resistance right there (laughs) yeah um so that's another interesting thing like we've had underdog stories before and um I have to assume that the next movie is going to kind of open up in, in much the same way that the other Star Wars movies have opened up where there's some like, uh, um, you know, stuff that happens in between movies. And I have to assume this isn't going to be like, I'm almost kind of expecting a time skip with this next movie um, because there's got to be some sort of resistance. There's got to be a rebellion of some sort. And so I'm kind of expecting that when we open up into the next movie, we're going to see um, not a big rebellion. Uh, or not a big resistance, but we're going to see more of one because people will have answered the call and stuff like that. Because they, they they just they cannot fight the first order and the fucking Falcon. Don't I, get me wrong, I, I love s- the Falcon, but seriously hope that we don't have it like the crawls like um, 
Ray has trained a legion of new Jedi, you know, like that's going to bother me. I don't want, yeah, I definitely don't want to go down that route. Like Ray is the scene. This is the other thing that's a little bit, um, they're kind of blue balling me on this. Cause I, one of the things I keep wanting to see is the fucking new Jedi temple. I want to see the new Jedi order. I want to see them training the new Jedis. Um, and I, but I don't think that Ray has earned that yet. Like, I don't think she's there. Uh, so I definitely don't think that the next movie is the right one to do that, which means I got to wait for the next fucking trilogy or whatever. So anyway, um, you got anything else? No, I think it's a good place to put a pen in it. Yeah. So I can't help but think we'll probably talk about this again soon. Um, but yeah, that's our Star Wars, co- Star Wars, the last Jedi coverage. Um, like I said, still wholeheartedly, t- uh, would recommend the movie. I still really like it. Um, but there are definitely some things that left me a little bit disappointed at the end of it. So yeah. Um, and who knows what we get when it comes, when it hits home video. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's, um, let's wrap this bitch up, shall we? Let's wrap this one up. We didn't even go four hours this time. We didn't. Um, we managed to keep, which is kind of funny because I, I felt like we could about this one, but I guess it's a little bit different because, you know, we, we've had a Star Wars movie for the last two years now. Whereas with, uh, Force Awakens, we had, we had quite a long drought. And if you, if you count the intervening time, you know, uh, skipping the prequel trilogy, that's a fucking long time to go without a good Star Wars movie. Yeah. So. We also had four people. Uh, yeah recording about those rather than just two we're we're a little we're a little tighter yeah bright and tight that's just what we do with the whatever show all right guys um you can go argue with us on twitter at whatever show i am uh at my twitter handle has changed i am now at matt tesson on twitter oh wow can you just do that yeah do i still follow you or do i have to go follow you a different no one? you're still like i've been oh, replying okay, to you and shit neat all right cool i didn't it know it wasn't was just my thing. profile picture that changed i didn't know you could just like change your handle like yeah that. you can Okay, cool. Um, I'm at Charles E. Smith, and uh, we are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash whatever show. Um, and like always, if email is your preferred, uh, preferred form of flaming, uh, then that's going to be uh, questions at whatever.co. Yeah. Okay. Last of the shilling. Um, if you want to help the show out, um, one of the easiest ways to do that is to go onto iTunes or, oh shit, it's called Apple Podcasts now. Go onto Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts and you can drop- still do it on iTunes from your, from your PC if you want. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, go on whatever they're calling that thing now and drop us a rating. Um, we would love a rating for the show and that really helps us gain some iTunes juice and, and, uh, you know, p- helps us pick up new subscribers and new listeners, which helps us keep doing the show. Eddie, so- Eddie actually lied. That is not the biggest thing you can do to help out our show. The biggest thing that you can do to help out your show. Just give us fucking money? No. Uh, The biggest thing that you can do to help out your show is uh, the next time you have somebody running for Congress in your district, ask them how they feel about net neutrality and (laughs) make your feelings about net neutrality known. Yeah, that's not quite over, although it's looking pretty grim at this point. So make a lot of noise about net neutrality because uh, it's going to really fuck over the little guys like us if it doesn't work out. So. Yep. Oh, also, basically everybody that's not a telecom. All right. Anyway, as always, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.